and welcome to the Health Advocate Podcast. My name is Lisa Roby and I'm the Engagement and Business Director at the AAHA. I'm speaking today from Ngunnawal Country in Canberra and I acknowledge their elders past, present and emerging. The inaugural Value-Based Healthcare Awards were recently presented at the Value-Based Healthcare Conference run by AAHA and the Continuous Improvement in Care Cancer Project. Three awards, Innovation, Inspiration and Collaboration, were awarded following a rigorous judging process. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Melanie Van Altena from Dental Health Services Victoria's Smile Squad School Dental Program, the winner of the Value-Based Healthcare Innovation Award, which was sponsored by Queensland Health. Melanie is the Director of the School Dental Program Implementation. So Melanie, let's start off by telling us what the Smile Squad School Dental Program is. Thanks, Lisa. The Smile Squad School Dental Program is Victoria's free school dental program. It offers free dental care to all Victorian public, primary and special school students. Dental Health Services Victoria and the Department of Health are leading the development of this initiative with the support of the Department of Education and Training. The Victorian government invested $321.9 million over four years for the program, and we'll be seeing up to 650,000 students in more than 1,500 locations by the time we're fully rolled out. That's an amazing scale. So what's inspired a program of this scale? Basically the need to improve oral health of young Victorians. Across Australia, a quarter of all children have untreated tooth decay, and in Victoria, dental conditions are the highest single cause of preventable hospital admissions for children under 10. Oral disease is one of the most common and expensive diseases to treat, but it's also the most preventable. So that's what we're really trying to do with this program is to have a very strong preventive focus. Establishing sound oral health from an early age gives children the best chance of maintaining good oral health into adulthood. So the free treatment coupled with the increased access to oral health promotion, prevention, screening and early intervention will reduce these oral health inequities. And how is this different to previous school dental programs? I think it's really about the really strong preventive focus. So we've, Victoria's had school dental program in the past and um, there are a number of school dental programs, but we're having a really strong focus on the prevention side. Um, we've innovated in this space to have a more flexible and cost-effective service to schools across the entire state. So the the focus is on the annual um, examinations and any follow-up treatment that's required. Um, but even if children don't come to the um, to, to receive services, they're still going to receive a dental pack that has a toothpaste, toothbrush, um, and oral health information. So we can at least ex we can extend our reach uh, um, our reach as far as possible through um, through that avenue. So a feature of value-based healthcare is that it focuses on outcomes that matter to patients. How have outcomes that matter to children been incorporated into the project and how are you measuring them? Yeah, definitely they have been. So the program considers the needs of all students and it's very much patient-centred. It's been planned and implemented in line with DHSB's value-based healthcare framework to focus on ensuring that the right services are provided at the right time, in the right place and by the right person. DHSB has been on quite a journey of value-based healthcare over the last few years. So we were really fortunate to have an established value-based healthcare framework that we were able to pick up um, and use for this program as a, as a model for developing the program. I just mentioned the, um, the dental packs that go out to the, to the students, but there's also a, quite a detailed consent pack that goes out. Um, and that includes a general health questionnaire as well as an oral health questionnaire. 
And the oral health questionnaire that we're sending out includes patient-reported outcome measures. Um, and these have been developed based on the work completed by DHSB previously in collaboration with the International Consortium for Health Outcome Measures, ICHOM. So parents are asked to comment on any areas of concern to assist the clinician to focus on the areas that matter most, such as pain, difficulty eating or drinking or any trouble speaking or anything else that they might be flagging as, as their biggest area of concern. What's the feedback been from um, parents when they've asked these questions? Uh, it's actually been very positive so far. So, you know, we, we do have, um, as I said, it's a very detailed consent form and we're trying our best to get that, um, to get that down as much as possible. But we've had surprisingly positive feedback um, and the, the testing that we've done with parents around the consent form so far they acknowledge that there's actually a lot of information that's being requested, but they see it all as being very relevant. Um, we so so yeah so very much um, very much positive. Um, their their understanding of the um, the reasons for the questions and very um, willing to to share um, to share the responses. So with such a detailed consent form, um, has any thought or any uh, process has been put in place around sort of literacy issues uh, for people trying to access those forms and fill them out effectively? Absolutely. And that's a, um, that's a constant um, discussion that we're having. Um, we've just actually updated our consent form and we're um, making it available in some of the most common languages other than English. So that will be available within the next few weeks. Um, so that addresses one aspect. But in terms of literacy in general, um, we're looking at different models, um, whether we're working very closely with the schools as well. So we're delivering through our community dental agencies across the state and they develop a relationship with the schools. And so it really is a partnership. Um, and so whether it's the, um, the school to provide some assistance to the parents or whether it's the agency, um, we, we do um, have uh, contact details that parents can, um, can connect with us if they are having difficulties. But um, I think... It's fair to say that it's an area that we need to continue to, to delve into further because often, um, you know, the, this is a, a group um, that may have higher needs. And so we want to make sure that people aren't missing out just because the, the form is actually inaccessible for them. So uh, ongoing process to make it as accessible as possible. So speaking of things that make it hard to access services, are there barriers that children have faced to receiving adequate dental care? Definitely. So um, there are a lot of barriers for children to, and families to receive dental care. Typically, the barriers tend to be financial, um, cultural, psychosocial, um, such as disability or mental, mental health issues, and geographical. And how does the program address some of those barriers? So there's a couple of things that we can address very easily. First of all, we remove the financial and the geographical barriers. So the program is entirely free. Um, so that means that, um, that everybody can access the, the dental care that, the child, that their children may need. And also because um, we are rolling it out across the whole state, and I, I mentioned before our community dental agencies, we have more than 50 community dental agencies across the state of Victoria, and all of them by the end of the program will be involved in providing the services. So there's always somewhere close to, um, to each of the areas, but we're going into the schools so people don't even have to go to their local community dental agency. The children will be able to receive, children and young people will be able to receive the services within their school. 
um, the cultural and psychosocial barriers are obviously a lot more complex, but I've, I've touched on a little bit of what we're doing, but we're working really closely with the schools, DET and the Department of Health, so we can tap into um, a lot of the strategies. And with COVID-19, um, there's obviously been a very big focus on reaching groups that, um, that may not have um, high health literacy or may have general literacy issues. So we're um, tapping into that experience as much as possible as well to, to make all of the information as accessible as it can be. So we've talked a little bit about the reception from parents, but what about the broader group of stakeholders, the schools themselves, the dental service providers and, and the kids? Yeah, well, um, the schools, um, at the moment, it's optional for schools to, to participate. So we've so far, we've invited nearly 800 schools to participate. Um, we have been a bit stop-start um, because of COVID. So we started rolling out at the start of last year and and then we lost almost the whole year um, due, to, due to COVID situation in Victoria. Um, and we've started rolling out again more fully this year. Um, we've got over 50% of schools that are being offered are currently accepting. Some of them are saying not this year, but next year. Um, there's, there's actually a really strong appetite for dental services in the schools. Um, so that's been very positive. Um, and the feedback from a lot of the schools has been, has been positive as well. We do ask the schools to help us out. So they need to distribute the consent forms and the dental packs to the, um, to the children and help with communicating messages to, um, to their school community. Um, and they've been really, the, the schools that are working with us have been really willing to do that. Um, the kids also, um, you know, going to see a dentist or an oral health professional can be quite daunting. Um, but some of the feedback we've had as well is that when it's in a familiar environment, the kids can feel a lot more comfortable. And we heard some really lovely stories early on from um, some of the staff in the agencies where, you know, kids would see them one week and then they'd see the van there again the next week and they'd come and knock on the door and say hi. Um, so I think it's just breaking down some of those barriers, um, making it a, a less scary experience um, for, for the kids. And the community dental agencies, again, have been, you know, broadly really, really um, positive and, and really keen to get going. Um, we're under no illusions. It's a big change. It's a big ramp up. Um, and so, you know, there can be some, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of work to, for the agencies to get started, but they've been amazing, um, the, the agencies that we've been working with so far and um, just been really, really willing to, to get in there and do what needs to be done and make it work. Because, you know, they're in this to, to make a difference. Um, they're in the profession to um, and working in this environment to, to help people that, that need their help. So it's an opportunity for them to really expand that. And reflecting on your win, how would you sum up the value that this project provides to the children, to the community and to your funders? So, um, you know, the, I think the value really for the children is we can extend our reach beyond, far beyond what we've ever been able to do. Then there's huge value there for the kids to, to be seen, to be seen in a comfortable environment and to set up those habits and be comfortable with, um, with receiving oral health services, but also to learn what it is that they need to be doing to, um, to look after, after their teeth, um, or their, their oral health, I should say, much more than, more than teeth. As far as our funder, um, value to our funder is we are looking to prevent as much oral disease as we can. So investing upfront in preventive services 
will reduce down the track significantly the cost of um, cost of care that's required for uh, advanced, more much more advanced oral disease. Um, and so that's a that's a huge win. And also by injecting this extra money into Smile Squad, it does free up spaces for the rest of the um, eligible population to be seen through public dentistry. So it free, it will free up tens of thousands of places over the life of the program for the um, remaining eligible population to be seen in public dentistry. Fantastic. Well, congratulations again on your win and thank you, Melanie, for your time today. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider supporting the AAHA by following us on SoundCloud or subscribing on your podcast app. To keep up to date with AAHA's work, follow us on Twitter at Oz Healthcare and visit our website at awha.asn.au.